Welcome to the Not Old Better Show, Smithsonian Associates interview series on radio and podcast. The show covering all things health, wellness, culture, and more. The show for all of us who aren't old, we're better. Each week, we'll interview superstars, experts, and ordinary people doing extraordinary things, all related to this wonderful experience of getting better, not just older. Now, here's your host, the award-winning Paul Vogelzang. Welcome back to another episode of the Not Old Better Show Smithsonian Associates interview series on radio and podcast, where we delve into the stories that shape our world and enrich our lives. I'm your host, Paul Vogelzang, and we're broadcasting from just outside of Washington, D.C. Today, we have a truly special episode that promises to be both enlightening and emotionally impactful. We're about to embark on a journey back in time to the beaches of Normandy, the site of the largest seaborne invasion in history, D-Day. This monumental event changed the course of World War II and indeed the world as we know it. But how can you, especially those in our 60-plus Smithsonian Associate age group, experience this history firsthand? How can you walk the same beaches, visit the same monuments, and feel the weight of that history? Well, Today, we have someone who will guide us through this journey like no other. We're honored to have Smithsonian Associate Kevin Dennehy today. Smithsonian Associate Kevin Dennehy will be appearing at Smithsonian Associates. Coming up in the title of his presentation is Visiting the Normandy Battlefields, a military history travel talk. We have Kevin Dennehy today to tell us briefly about his upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation because I know you'll want to see and hear him at Smithsonian Associates. Coming up, Kevin Dennehy will join us momentarily, but briefly, Kevin Dennehy is a retired Army National Guard Colonel, Special Forces combat veteran, and the co-author of the D-Day Visitor's Handbook. His book, co-authored with Stephen Powers, is not just a historical guide. It's a practical manual for anyone planning to visit the Normandy battlefields. From detailed maps and tours to recommendations on where to stay, dine, and even shop, Kevin Dennehy has covered it all. And here's the kicker. Kevin Dennehy has just released the 80th anniversary edition of his book, The D-Day Visitor's Handbook, revised and updated to make your planning easier and less stressful. So whether you're a history buff, a veteran, or someone who wants to pay homage to this significant event, this episode is for you. So grab your notepads or just sit back, listen as we navigate the Normandy battlefields and uncover the stories that will still resonate with you today. It's time to take action, to plan that trip you've always thought about, and to enrich your life through the lens of history. So stay tuned. You won't want to miss this. Kevin Dennehy, welcome to the program. Let's chat first about Stephen Powers. I know Stephen Powers was a history professor at the University of Northern Colorado for more than 30 years, but maybe tell us a little bit more and then maybe we'll jump right into your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation discussion. Again, Steve Powers passed away uh, two years ago and he was really the consummate historian and uh, he lived uh, for for D-Day. He knew all the street names and numbers. His French was a lot better than mine, by the way, and uh, I hope he's sorely missed. And a lot of the, all the good writing came from him as well. I, I'm the journalist, but he was a college professor, so you wouldn't think that would be uh, the opposite way, but he, he was a very solid writer. Well, it's nice to give memory to him, and certainly 
um, I'll make mention of him in our show notes today. I'll make sure to give reference to Stephen Powers and, and his work. And I I think probably a great place to start, though, Kevin Dennehy, is to maybe start with your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation and maybe just tell us briefly about um, what you'll be talking about in terms of navigating Normandy. You'll, you'll offer some expert tips uh, for a D-Day journey. And I think that's a great title. I know our audience is going to be very interested in this subject. And maybe in particular, tell us how you're going to be using Zoom to engage our audience. We're all on Zoom these days. So again, welcome to the program. It's just a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for your uh, mention of Stephen Powers, but it's good to have you today. Thank you so much. And I, I'd like to thank Smithsonian Associates and, and yourself for, for giving me the opportunity to talk about travel to Normandy, particularly for the 80th anniversary coming up next summer yeah. and beyond. And I'll be using my Zoom presentation to go over what a traveler needs to know about visiting Normandy, the DDA beaches, and other areas associated with the June 6, 1944 battle. This includes the museums, monuments, uh, both known and brand new. Uh, where to dine, shop, and lodge, and even some tips on driving in France. Uh, while it's similar to the United States, it's different, particularly when you want to fill up your, your tank of gas, because <laughs> they want your PIN number for your credit card, and that can be very frustrating. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, we even offer some uh, information on World War II Paris in our guidebook, but only when it comes to military museums and sites. Believe me, there's a lot of books on, on Paris. <laughs> I don't know that I would know my PIN number. I think that might stump me right there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Trying to, to fill up a, an empty tank on your rental car uh, is, is tough. So I, I wouldn't advise letting your, your, your tank run dry in France. <laughs> That's a good tip right off the bat. Well, your book, your, your book with Stephen Powers, of course, um, the D-Day Visitor's Handbook gets, gets great reviews. I, I want to recommend it uh, highly to our audience. Check it out, please. It's available for purchase in anticipation of your presentation at Smithsonian. It actually ranks um, in the top five uh, for the best military travel guides. And the review there on the site says, this book is perfect for those interested in World War II history and those planning to travel to France. I thought that was a great review. And um, I mentioned to you earlier, my own father would have loved this book and he would have loved these tips that you you offer. It, it just, the book serves as such a comprehensive guide to the Normandy uh, battlefields. And I wonder if you'll, if you'll just share maybe... Um, why the D-Day invasion is is such an important piece of history and, and just a, an important place in world history. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, the D-Day invasion was the beginning of the end for Hitler's Third Reich. And, you know, provided a crucial foothold in Western Europe and enabled the Allies to launch a massive offensive against Nazi Germany. It brought hope for millions of people who were enslaved uh, by this very evil regime and once France and Belgium fell and Luxembourg, uh, the rest of the Third Reich fell. But this was the beginning of the end. And uh, it was also one of the largest amphibious and airborne operations in history. And But it also showcased unity and collaboration between the United States and its allies. And that, that can't be overstated, uh, the, the bravery and sacrifice of the soldiers who participated. And uh, as you, you mentioned, both our fathers served in World War II, so it's mm -hmm. important to a lot of American families. 
And uh, we always forget about, uh, because of Saving Private Ryan and Band of Brothers, there were many other nations involved, 30 Commonwealth nations, Canada and many others. And uh, one more point, it isn't a battle out of the Civil War and, or antiquity. It's, there are people still with us who uh, participated mm-hmm. in, in D-Day. So uh, visitors are able to stand in the same places as these brave men and women. By the way, there were women who fought in Normandy's wall that were buried in the American cemetery. Impressive. You also have a really, you have a wonderful website, militaryhistorytraveler.com. We're going to put links so their audience can find your work there too, Kevin Dennehy. And I wonder if you'll tell us maybe a couple of tips that we might find there and within your presentation at Smithsonian Associates about what what our audience and, and their families should consider, uh, you know, if we're if we're going to be traveling, if we're going to be planning a trip to the Normandy battlefields, what what do we need to think about? You mentioned uh, knowing your PIN number on your credit card. I mean, I'm going to put that uh, number one <laughs> for me, at least. <laughs> right. You know, in terms of planning, it'd probably be less stressful to travel to Normandy, particularly for older travelers. You know, if they don't travel right around the anniversary. I know the book says it's the 80th anniversary of D-Day, but it's so crowded during the 80th. Mm. Um, and off years, like the 79th anniversary, there's plenty of World War II veterans and plenty of activities as well. But the hotel prices will be less expensive. Roads will be open. I mean, they close the roads because all the dignitaries, the U.S. president usually goes, mm. and other uh, other uh, prime ministers and, and dignitaries around the world. Uh, the restaurants and museums are really packed during this time. So, you know, the... The rule of thumb is always to travel in the, the shoulder seasons of, of spring and fall, and that's a that's a good uh, rule of thumb as well, because you basically you are traveling in Europe, hmm. and uh, you know there's some common sense practices of travel. You know, always like your rental car and don't have anything of value inside. A few years ago, I I found a young French lady's purse in a German bunker, and it had her diary in it, and thankfully an wow. address. Wow. I mailed it to her and she, when I returned to the U.S. and she sent me a letter saying she'd left it in her car and thanked me with her cell phone in plain view. And, of course, they, they broke into it. But, you know, oh, Normandy gosh. is very safe, by the way. It's very safe, but you have to use common sense. And, you know, it's also Europe. It's sunny one day, as you know, and raining hard and cold the next, so pack accordingly. And mm. here's, here's something that happened to me. Stay on marked trails, particularly on the steep bluffs of Omaha Beach, you know, I, I saw a 25-foot shortcut through the grass, and I fell, cut my knee, oh. ruined a shirt and pair of pants because oh. I didn't stay on this, you know, paved footpath. I said, oh, I'm going to make a, I'm gonna, a shortcut. And, uh, and these European towns are small, medieval. They're very rustic and historic. But they also have cobblestone roads. They're slippery. So watch your step and bring a good pair of walking. Good. Great tip. Well, I'm sorry to hear about the fall. I know the book has uh, detailed maps and, and even lists some tours. That that alone is, you know, you want to stay on these trails, stay on these, you know, places where others have, uh, have gone and you're just going to be safer and it's going to be less stressful and, uh, and just much more helpful. Right, right. You know, we, we, um, we do provide detailed maps and tours uh, of the beaches. Some people only have one day, mm-hmm. uh, two days or a week. And our, our guidebook is for people who want to do it themselves, go out on their own and not do a tour. But, you know, if you're in Paris and you only have one day, maybe it is best to get a tour through Viator or another tour company that picks you up at your airport. It's going to be a long 
long day. They usually start at six in the morning, but and they drop you off at your hotel about nine o'clock at night. But uh, it precludes you from having to, to rent a car, go to the airport, try to find a car, drive out there yourself. And here I am trying to convince people not to use my book. But if you have one day <laughs> yeah. and you're stuck in Paris for work, that's probably a better better ideal situation, hmm. particularly for the older traveler. But, you know, we all have itineraries for one, two, three, four days. Like you could combine the American Cemetery, Point du Hoc, Utah Beach, if there's time, San Mary Glaze and the Airborne sites, and then maybe hit a British site. Hmm. One of the Commonwealth, uh, Pegasus Bridge is always great. Um, and the maps were made by Steve Powers. He, he really loved map, making maps. And it lists a lot of the attractions in the area on each map, say the museum at Utah Beach. Uh, there's monuments around the museum and uh, the Roosevelt Bar, which is built into an old German bunker. You can have a great, great drink there and a sandwich and great views of the of the beach as well um in addition to google maps by the way cell phone coverage in normandy has gotten better over the years five years ago it's like wow it was hit or miss but now you can get pull up google maps and get right to a site but we also suggest a, a british company called what three words mm. and what what three words is it divide the world by three meter blocks and instead of saying one two three elm street and trying to remember it you know and plug it into your gps or into your Google Maps, you just say these three words that you have on this app and take your right to the site. Hmm. And it's strange, it's like Lake Summer Moon for, you know, some site in Normandy. Hmm. And that's a lot easier than memory, memorizing uh, like 123 Elm Street or something. Right. And uh, we always recommended getting a paper map in case your cell phone coverage fails. And, you know, you can get them through your local AAA or Barnes & Noble. Uh, Steve always recommended uh, the Michelin number 231 map of uh, Normandy, which mm. has current row names and, and numbers. Hi, it's Paul. Do you love entertaining, informative, eclectic, insightful programs about culture, health, science, life, and everything Smithsonian? As part of our Smithsonian Associates interview series on radio and podcast, we're introducing you to the new Smithsonian Associates streaming series. Smithsonian, a nonprofit organization, is excited to present this new aspect of their 55 years as the world's largest museum-based educational program. Join us from the comfort of your home as we periodically interview Smithsonian Associate guest speakers. Our audience here on radio and podcast can explore our website for more information, links, and details at notold-better.com. Thanks, everybody. Our guest today is Smithsonian Associate and Journalist Kevin Dennehy, who's co-authored the book, which has been revised and updated. The title is The D-Day Visitor's Handbook for the 80th Anniversary. It's your guide to the Normandy battlefields in World War II Paris. Kevin Dennehy, I know you are a retired uh, Army National Guard colonel, Special Forces combat veteran, Thank you very much, sir, for your service. My father was Air Force. So many in our audience have served, have family who are serving. Tell us a little bit about visiting these sites and what this personally means to you. Yeah, well, thank you for, the, for that. Um, like many Americans, when I visit Norway, I, I feel a sense of pride. Mm -hmm. But also, I realize the sacrifices that many young men and women made, again, to destroy one of the most evil regimes the world's ever known. As in all wars, you know, most uh, most of those who are casualties are very young. It makes it very sad when you think about that. When you look down the, the sheer cliff, for instance, at Point du Hoc, and realize our rangers climbed up ropes 
under you know intense fire to take out these guns that were uh, in place to destroy our ships and oppose the landing force, uh, you, you're you're in awe. You're just simply in awe. And when I was in Bosnia, I served in Bosnia as a peacekeeper. Uh, the author Stephen Ambrose, who wrote Band of mm-hmm. Brothers and many mm-hmm. other World War II books, mm-hmm. he brought over ten surviving J-Day veterans wow. to visit us. And those stories of survival, bravery, and hope really inspired me to write this guidebook with Steve Howard. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I do want to mention your service, and and again, thank you. But I think for all of us, uh, irrespective of of our level of service or level of patriotism and commitment, you you must stand in awe of just those cliffs and. I think we all should be prepared to be emotionally impacted and to feel something as we're visiting these sites. I'm sure you you would agree and even say that in the book. Sure, yeah, it's it's we do say that in the book, and, and I know it's a personal journey for many of us, mm-hmm. particularly as we get older. Mm-hmm. And both you and I had World War II veteran fathers, but it's also one that can be shared with your families. We we all knew or still know World War II veterans. Yeah. And we realized these weren't supermen. They were our grandfathers, grandmothers, fathers, mothers, uncles, aunts, brothers, sisters, cousins, and neighbors. Hmm. You know, they mowed the lawn in the, the, the uh, house until very recently next to us. Uh, they were part of us, and they still are. And we're reminded of this when we go to Normandy or return there, surrounded their brave deeds. And, and uh, the American Cemetery at Colville-Sermur has more than 9,000 uh, crosses and stars of David. It's very emotional and a humbling place, uh, but yet it's very beautiful and and peaceful now. And uh, if if people get a chance to go to the Commonwealth Cemetery in Bayou and other places, it's a place also to contemplate their sacrifices of our allies. It's it's definitely overall, definitely a time for reflection. And and I I remember my own World War II fathers, you remember yours, and he didn't fight in Normandy, he fought in the Pacific as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, you you remember remember those, those who served. Yeah. Well, again, um, our guest today is Smithsonian Associate Kevin Dennehy, who has authored, co-authored the book. It's a uh, book that's revised and updated for the 80th anniversary of D-Day. It's the Visitor's Handbook, Your Guide to the Normandy Battlefields in World War II Paris. Stephen Powers, the late Stephen Powers, co-authored the book with Kevin Dennehy. Kevin Dennehy will be appearing at Smithsonian Associates coming up. We'll have links so that our audience can find out more information about the book, more information about Kevin Dennehy's presentation at Smithsonian Associates. I just, I thought the book was fantastic. And I wonder from an educational experience standpoint, maybe tip us off to some of the best D-Day museums there that will really enhance our visit without being too overwhelming. I mean, we, we want to be immersed and we want to feel all this and we want to learn something. Sure. You know, there's, there's some D-Day specific museums that just about every, every site and you can get a good grasp of the invasion. It, it's, Again, it isn't necessary to go to every museum, and we don't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Since most people are going to the American Cemetery at Colville-Sermur, it has two stories of exhibits, including uniforms, battlefield relics. It's, it's free, and it's usually your first stop for visiting the, the cemetery. And at nearby Pointe du Hoc, there's a small visitor center that commemorates the souls of the Rangers to take out those guns that I talked about before. Mm-hmm. And it the battlefield itself has deep craters made from aerial naval bombing and German fortifications. Plus, the views are just wow. I mean, you're at the top of a cliff and you're it oversees the the English Channel, and that, and that's also free. Hmm. 
And and by by the way, this is a tip here. Both have good restrooms, mm-hmm. which can be important. Mm-hmm. So plan accordingly. You know, Definitely. sometimes there's not a lot of bad restrooms in rural Normandy, but those have two good restrooms. Um, well, you can tell I'm getting older. Um, <laughs> I made note of that too. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was the pin number. Yeah, uh, right, the Utah, exactly. <laughs> Landing Museum is built around the remains of a German bunker, which is kind of cool. And it charges a modest NPP, but it has rooms of exhibits that detail the landings there. And there are vehicle tanks, landing craft, and monuments outside of you. At San Mary Glades, if you make it down that far with the airborne landings, and, you know, they're made famous, that whole area by Band of Brothers, the, the miniseries. There's an airborne museum that has gliders, a simulated C-47 mock-up airplane that takes you inside to get a glimpse how how paratroopers felt when they parachuted it out in the night of June 6, 1944. And if you have time to go in the British sector, which I really recommend, uh, a few miles inland from Sword Beach is the Pegasus Bridge and its Memorial Museum. It's a fantastic museum. It's got a full-size horse glider that the British commandos used to capture the bridge in a, a flawless operation. The, and the bridge itself is on the museum grounds. But you can also get a drink at, uh, at a at a and a sandwich at this Cafe Gondre, which is right next to the the bridge, and it's still in use, and it looks just the same as it did on June 6, nineteen forty four, and the same family operates it. And um, yeah, finally, a good comprehensive museum. And, and you asked me not to get too overwhelming as the Memorial Museum in Cannes. And it's a huge museum that takes three hours to get through, and that is overwhelming. And, and Rick Steves agrees with me. You know, there's plenty of other smaller museums to, to go to that'll be DJ specific, but this tell, takes you from the beginning of World War II to the atomic bomb dropping. So, the origins of a war. So, my recommendation if you don't stop at Monet's Gaverny en route to Normandy, which I, I, I think you should if you haven't gone, or yeah. the uh, La Rocha de Gaon, which is Rommel's headquarters, which is nearby uh, Giverny. If you don't go to either of the sites, maybe stop at this big one. And uh, by the way, they have a great gift shop for souvenirs. Well, let's talk about let's talk about gifts. Let's talk about maybe specifically relics, because in the book you talk that there you say that there are, there are still relics that can be found. We're talking about eighty. This is the eightieth anniversary coming up. Yet relics are still discovered there. What what are some of the most, you know, intriguing relics that that uh, that visitors have found? Well, you know, the, the visitors have found parts of old rifles, helmets. Uh, a few years ago, one of my old roommates kicked uh, kicked the dirt on top of Omaha Beach, and a, a fired fifty caliber shell casing came up. Wow! And he mounted it on a plaque and gave it to one of his professors. But oh, uh, in terms of they're still, I mean, they were still flying human remains up until a few years ago and uh, people who were missing. And because when these landing craft went out down and these tanks, they were offshore and they were buried in the sand for many decades. And uh, in terms of some of the, the obvious relics, you know, they're, they're the remains of the mulberries, so the artificial harbors off mm-hmm. of Omaha and Gold Beaches. And uh, these were the, the, uh, these artificial harbors, because we, we hadn't taken the port of Cherbourg and other ports uh, that were real ports you know, that, that big ships could go into and load tanks and guns and, and jeeps and things like that. So we had these artificial um, barriers, reefs, uh, artificial harbors, and they were used right up until the, the time that those other ports were, were captured, which was genius, really. And you can still see the remains. And I think there's an old tank 
filled there an old Stewart light tank in Carentan at a place called Deadman's Corner. Hmm. And it's known as Deadman's Corner because a, a dead crewman, an American crewman in the tank, and its soldiers passed en route to, to capturing the town. And that tank is still there. Uh, it's in better condition. They painted it, but it's it's pretty much in place where it was destroyed. And uh, it's those are the type of things that you see in Normandy that uh, make you proud to be American, but you're still fascinated that they're, they're still there after 80 years. Fascinating. Yeah, I... I'm I'm just I'm smiling here because I I am proud to be an American. It, it's wonderful to talk to you, Kevin Dennehy. I I can just get this, I just get this picture, and um, and it it's very uh, I, I think important these days to 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 recognize the service and recognize the history, but not feel so overwhelmed. And you you've been very generous with your time and careful to guide us uh, through this. I wonder. If we're going and we only maybe have a day or two days, what's the one piece of advice that you might give us, um, particular audience, that you know we shouldn't miss? What's the what's the one thing that we absolutely really need to see and and uh, get get it get this sense this wonderful sense of of history from? You know, first of all, you know, I, I believe that every American see, should see the the, the American cemetery, the Colosseum mirror. But overall, I would say to an older traveler or a first-time traveler, they can do this. Hmm. They can actually go to Normandy. If they can rent a car and drive to the United States, they can do the same at the Paris airports and be in Normandy within three hours. Hmm. Um, not a remote destination such as Iwo Jima in the Pacific where you need a special access and an expensive tour to go on. Um, despite its dark history, it's a beautiful region yeah, with good food. The Calvados is excellent. The apple brandy. Uh, the cheeses, the 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 mussels uh, that are uh, organic to that region. Plus, the people are genuine and 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 it's very safe. So, and and, and the, the residents of Normandy have family members who were there during the occupation invasion. They love talking to Americans, and they often talk about the battle and and uh, who's visited there. They talk about other Americans. Uh, overall, it'll be a very worthwhile trip. Uh, I hate saying this all the time, but it's. It's a trip of a lifetime, and whether you go there once or, or 10 times. Well, journalist Kevin Dennehy, thank you so much for your time. And thanks for the work on this book, too. Congratulations on the revisions, the, the update. Again, the book is titled The D-Day Visitor's Handbook. It's the 80th anniversary edition, Your Guide to the Normandy Battlefields in World War II Paris. Written with the late Stephen Powers, Kevin Dennehy will be presenting at Smithsonian Associates coming up. This is The Trip of a Lifetime, and I just want to encourage our audience to check it out, check out the book, check out Kevin Dennehy's work at his Military History Traveler website. But um, I I just really feel like this is uh, inspiring for us, and we do need to understand this this pivotal moment in in our history, and this is a good way to do it. But Kevin Dennehy, thanks for your time. Hope you have a great you, rest Paul. of the day and look forward to seeing you absolutely. And and uh, we're going to put uh, lots of information online about this, your, your work, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. My thanks to author and journalist Kevin Dennehy. Smithsonian Associate Kevin Dennehy will be appearing at Smithsonian Associates coming up. The title of his presentation is Visiting the Normandy Battlefields, a Military History Travel Talk. 
Please check out our website for more details about Kevin Dennehy's upcoming presentation at Smithsonian Associates. My thanks to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. My thanks to you, my wonderful audience here on radio and podcast. Please be well and be safe. And let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast Smithsonian Associates interview series. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Not Old Better Show, Smithsonian Associates interview series on radio and podcast. To find out more about all of today's stories or to view our extensive back catalog of previous shows, simply visit notold-better.com. Join us again next time as we deep dive into some of the most fascinating real-life stories from across the world, all focused on this wonderful experience of getting better, not just older. Let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show, Smithsonian Associates interview series on Community Radio.